Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's currently on the path from pod bod to, well, slightly older pod bod, it's Sif Pod. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings. are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons and perks. <laughs> yes, patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and get the popcorn out. He's going to do a speech. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was really good. That Thank was you. really you, I'm not going to lie. I have been practicing that all day. To nice. try and perfect that. That was beautiful. That was Thank beautiful. You. Ahoy. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She's sitting there bragging about being saved by the discount Captain Marvel. It's Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! G'day, g'day. I can't beat that. That was insane. I can't beat a screen. <laughs> I was I was impressed with the tone. I was impressed with the texture. I oh, was thanks. I mean like it wasn't Literally. even too loud. Guy, it had all of stop. the energy of the screams. <laughs> what we're saying is, Andrew, you're the goat. That's I what am we're the saying. goat. You oh. are. Man, Aaron, you are on top of it. This <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, I've got a little bit of a, a new board that has buttons, uh, obviously. This will get old very board, fast. Man. No. This will get old very fast, and it won't be used hardly ever again. But I thought since it was the first time with the board, uh, we might play around and have some No, oh, man, running into the ground, episode one. Do That's it. right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, there's already been three, and we haven't even gone past the initial intro. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. What can I say? What can I say? Uh, He's got a fun new toy. Let him play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, of course. Of course. It is, it is fun. I'm just jealous. It's uh-huh. just jealousy. I want yeah. my own board. <laughs> well, you know, they do sell them. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let us get right into it, guys, because we've got a lot to talk about uh, this morning. Uh, we are going to chat Thor Love and Thunder. It is uh, a Marvel show today because we're also going to do Miss Marvel uh, kind of that thing we do where we talk about every episode except for the finale. And just so you know, go ahead and give you a heads up on that. When we get there, we do spoil the first five episodes. Uh, so, but we kind of, I've kind of enjoyed doing this on Sif Pop where we give our opinions going into the finale because it's interesting. Like Moon Knight, I think we were pretty high on it. And then after the finale, we never really talked about it. Um, but, you know, it's. I felt a little bit differently. I was like, oh, I didn't quite stick the landing the way I wanted to. I still enjoyed the show. So, But it's it's interesting to kind of hear where we are at that point right before mm. uh, it culminates. So uh, so we'll do that with Miss Marvel uh, again. And then we've got a Best Ever Challenge, Best Ever Christian Bale movies. Uh, so Best Ever Movies Oof. that uh, Christian Bale has been in. He's been in a few. Yeah, and yeah. luckily he's only been in like five good movies. No, I'm joking. Like, it was so hard putting this list together. It was so, so difficult putting a good Christian yeah. Bale top five I was going to say, these, these top five could also be just like best ever challenge for best movies of all time. Yeah. So he, like, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. We will get there for sure, and then we'll do some buried treasure uh, at the end as well. So if you guys are ready to get into it, we're going to do some review. Uh, Let's talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. The only ones who gods care about 
is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. Are you thinking what I think you're thinking? I'm thinking it. What are we thinking? Thinking what? Thinking it too. Uh, after his retirement is interrupted by Gore the God Butcher, a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods, Thor enlists the helps of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who now inexplicably wields Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. Together they embark on a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder continues Marvel Phase 4, I believe, um, which not only includes these movies, but the TV shows as well. So it's a Phase 4 day here uh, on Sift Pop. Uh, brings, of course, back the Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit because they've been hanging out with Thor. You've got, of course, Hemsworth coming back as Thor, and as mentioned, Tessa Thompson uh, and Natalie Portman. Uh, stepping in with their roles uh so what did you guys think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay thor love and thunder go alice i'm sitting on the lower side of really liked it like teetering on the edge of liked it but i, I think for now i'm in the category of really really liked it just low okay so on the lower edge of liked it uh i've really now, liked it the lower okay so <laughs> This is always fun. So the lower edge of really liked it, which high end of liked it, just kind of liked yeah. it. It's like I, it's I more than just liked it, but yeah, I didn't. Like I'm not quite it. as strong. Yeah, I'm yeah, not quite yeah. as strong as like not I, I really liked it. it. Not teetering on yeah, loved no, it, no. But teetering on really liked it. Okay, gotcha. I'm glad yeah. we really placed that. I love it when people turn you know five into twenty. You know, like you've got yeah. five categories, but we're we're gonna we're gonna make a whole bunch of subcategories. Andrew, mm -hmm. what about you? What's your subcategory? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'll commit to really liked it. Oh, oh showing Rude. up, Alice. Yeah. Um, you. Ah, uh, I'm lower than you guys, um, but I had a good time enough to be in the high side of just okay. So um, I think it would be, I can see myself in a sentence saying, I liked that movie, but I think when I really think about it, uh, there's enough here to to kind of dip me down into, no, nah, it's okay, and but a, but a good just okay. So there you go. Uh, our general uh, thoughts. What about the specifics? Um, Alice, what are some of your specific thoughts? Isn't Andrew meant to go first? He technically Oh, we usually do. Yeah, we usually do the person. I guess he committed to really liked it. So even though you're technically <laughs> in the same subcategory, he's yeah. committed and you aren't. So yes, yeah. Andrew, if you will, if you will start us off. Alice, you just got to commit and you get to talk first. That's how it goes. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think without argument, the best part of this movie is Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. He just exudes evil in this, and he does such an amazing job with this character. Uh, I, not only is he like creepy and eerie, he, he understood the tone of this movie enough to where he could even go a little bit over the top with the evil creepiness, you know, and, mm -hmm. and tonally it would still fit. So very, very smart acting on Christian Bale's part. Uh, he did 
a stellar, phenomenal job. Uh, I w- it's it's pretty it's fairly consistent with the uh, the comic like origin story of Gore, so I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I do wish that we got a little bit more of him. More uh, gore. Like, more less go- Thor. Yeah, yeah, more gore, less Thor. Um, because it there are parts of this character that are very just one-sided, uh, a linear arc, uh, as opposed to you know an actual arc. <laughs> you mm. he he wants one thing. Line. And, yeah, just the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think that. Out of everything in the movie that I love, I think Christian Bale is the tippity top. Of there you it. go. There you yeah, go. I agree. Uh, Alice, some of your thoughts? Yeah, no, Christian Bale, he's so creepy. Like, the whole time you're just like, oh, this is the villain I'd least want to go up against just because he'd <laughs> scare me. Like, I just, I'd, I'd probably be scared, especially, I'll say there's a scene that uh, lacks color, and mm. that that whole bit was just, awesome like mm-hmm. it yeah. was freaking awesome it it just pumps the film right up that was such a good moment I, and something else i just want to say like i think that it doesn't maybe it didn't always 100 percent work but i thought this movie was really funny and that's part of the reason i really enjoyed it because i was yeah. genuinely laughing for example the the goats <laughs> every time i don't know why it was so funny to me that <laughs> they were just like there and just screaming and um but yeah i thought that it had I mean, it's Taika Waititi, so this is the humour of, you know, my people, the Australian New Zealanders. <laughs> like, these, this is the f- the humour I find funny. And so I was just having a gr- good old time um, through, through most of it. And that really is what helped me forgive a lot of its other elements, for sure. Yeah. Aaron? Yeah, I liked a lot about it. I have fun. See, at the end of the day, like, mm. if you're going to go to a movie and you can have fun, I think that's a good experience. And yes, I can intellectualize some of the the problems or things I didn't like. And sure, there were moments during the movie where I was like, yeah, I'm not necessarily enjoying myself as much here. Um, but but for the most part, I had a good time. Um, I You know, you've both talked about Christian Bale, so I will as well. I think he was phenomenal in this movie. I think he's... It would be so easy in a movie like this to play that character and come off as like death from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, like <laughs> uh, like there's just the, it would be very easy with the tone of this movie to kind of yeah. to fall into that. But he just takes it seriously. He plays it legit. He plays it, um, you know, right down the line. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things I like about what Taika does is he lets his actors find their way into his tone because he's not afraid of tone disparity we know that i was gonna say it's a really weirdly toned movie and i remember like every time i was like but christian bale like mm because i i mean he's a great actor but i'm like but in this movie okay like i'm i was worried he was not gonna he was gonna take it too seriously and Mm -hmm. then it would just be really weird and just like there would be that disparity but i was buying it and i was like yeah no this he's he's the same as them but on the darker end and also i will say something i did enjoy is i think this is just marvel in general now they're kind of over the bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy sort of thing Mm -hmm. like i get it like the whole time i was like yeah i mean i i might have done the same you know maybe not to that extent but then again Mm -hmm. we would see if i was in that situation what i would do so yeah and he sold that really well and and i felt for him a lot 
I, I just think because of the way Taika works, because he is, you, I mean, look at Jojo Rabbit. I don't know that you could get a more extreme tone mm. disparity in that movie from scene to scene, but that is his, like, that's where he feels the best, right? Like, that's where he feels the most active is being able to kind of jump between comedy and serious stuff. And Bale just lives on the serious end of that for the most part. Um, you know, the... Actually, I don't remember anything hilarious that Bale did, but there were a couple moments where he kind of played with the kids a little bit, where yeah. it was, you know, you could tell it was like going for a little bit Fred of that Rogers. tone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Dad Rogers. M- Mr. Dodgers. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a, there is a tone disparity thing that Taika does that I think he really has to go for here, and that's... That's one thing I would I was saying about this movie to a friend recently that the 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 tone was very consistent. My friend was like, mm. "What are you talking about? It is so inconsistent." I said, "No, no, no. Let me explain. It is consistently inconsistent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you watch this movie from beginning to end, and you know you're watching a Taika Waititi movie. It is consistent mm. in that way, uh, and that's the tone I'm speaking of. And I think that can be comforting. I think that can be comforting to just go to a movie and know, oh, these are the hands I'm in and this is what's going to happen. Even if it doesn't always work for you, um, I think there's there's something to be said about that. So uh, props to Taika for kind of mm. doing, being his own brand. You know, there's, I, I love that when a director does that, you're like, oh yeah, this is a Taika Waititi movie or, you know, recently with Elvis, this is a Baz Luhrmann movie. Like you can, yeah. like you can really yeah. feel who they are, you know? So I like that. This movie reminded me of one of my favorite superhero movies, Shazam, where mm-hmm. you have this childlike innocence of this uh, Shazam character, which actually is child innocence. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. put it into a superhero's body. But then you had the seven deadly sins in that movie, which really grounded you in the severity of the situation. And I think sure. that with the same tone disparity that Shazam had. I think it works in Shazam. I also think it works here because Thor has been this, you know, uh, one of the most powerful uh, characters in the MCU, uh, heroes in the MCU. And he, there's not a lot that challenges him, I guess. So whenever you have like a a Thanos or a, uh, a, a gore, the God Butcher, you know, he goes from the uh, the goofy, you know, uh, I want to be everybody's friend to this incredibly serious, powerful fighter. Uh, very, very different from the Norse mythology version of Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. I've said that forever, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love the fact that this movie can make me laugh and creep me out at the same time. I, I think... Gore the God Butcher might be the eeriest, most unsettling mm. villain uh, Marvel has put on screen so far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Definitely. I've been hearing best Marvel villain conversations, and I, I think well, I think it's a legit conversation. Like, I don't mind people throwing it into that conversation, um, but there's there have been some good ones for sure. But as it's far as fresh. like actual creepiness, yes, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely the most villainous. Like, I feel like I mm. wouldn't really... I'd be the most... Like I said, I'd be the most scared being in a room with him. I wouldn't and be yet, like, you know... And yet, yeah. there is more there than his villainy as well. Yeah, which I think is exactly. one of the things that He's makes it... He's not just it, like... Yeah. Work. That opening scene is really, really good. It really mm. sets yeah. the stage Well, I was going to say, it made, me, it made me, like, laugh and it made me scared. But this movie also did make me cry. 
in mm-hmm. two bits. And so I genuinely was crying. Well, you know, not like sobbing, but I did tear up. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't even see the screen <laughs> Just anymore. Openly sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. But I did I did um I did cry. And I will also say, like speaking on performances, I think when she was used to her potential, I I really liked Natalie Portman mm-hmm. in it. I just think, you know, kind of teetering towards maybe cons and negatives like I don't think she was quite used to the potential that she could have been I I wanted more from her um and I don't think that's Natalie Portman's fault because I think that she was doing the best with what she had and oh my gosh she just she she deserves the praise just for what like how she buffed up for the role alone and especially because in the movie you know she's going from normal Jane to Thor Jane and I'm just like oh my gosh how did they film this like Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I wanted to call that out. She was cool. I, I liked Mighty Thor. Jane is easily the driving force of this movie. You know, she she is the one whose arcs affect our characters the most. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's without saying that of her own, you know, character arc and motivations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, I thought Natalie Portman was amazing in this. Uh, King Valkyrie... Uh, yeah, I wish could have been used. I I love Tessa Thompson. I absolutely adore her. I think she's amazing. I really wish that it's it's difficult, I guess, to have is three a company sort of a thing going on here. But then, oh, I don't think the movie knows how how to use its pieces very well at all. Actually, I that's that's yeah. one of my big negatives, and we'll we'll get there. I, you know, you kind of started the Natalie Portman thing. I don't even think the the movie knows how to use Natalie Portman very well mm. uh, okay. in that role. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with how many pieces there are and how much they feel like they have mm. to do with them in such a uh, you know short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, I want to stay on the positives just for a little bit longer before I kind of dig into that too much because one person we haven't talked about that I think steals the show even more than Christian Bale is Russell Crowe. I thought yes. Russell Crowe was phenomenal in this movie. Oh my God, I his accent loved was the greatest so thing much. Ever. Like as much as Jeff Goldblum in Ragnarok. Yeah. Like I yeah. just... I. I yeah. loved that character. You see this so thing, much. which is a stage. Oh my god! <laughs> he does steal the movie for his parts. Yeah, gotta love Russell Crowe. Getting a lot of Aussies yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was filmed here, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's was, gonna happen. I was gonna ask like where the majority of this was filmed. If it was either in Australia or New Zealand, because I think it was Queensland, I, wasn't it? Was it? I'm gonna double check. A Queensland uh, green screen is that where? It was? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I will just say for uh, I, I just wanted to do a quick research. Anytime there's a term for a group of people, I get a little nervous. Uh, the term that you used is extremely offensive in England. I don't know that it is in oh, Australia. Oh, it's it not in means, Australia. And it actually doesn't mean what you said it means in England. It would be similar to the N word here in America for someone of color. So okay, that is okay. Wild, that is definitely right? not. Like, if you come to Australia, people are going to be saying that left, right, and center. We have literally a show called that. Like it is. Okay. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> so no no no. I just I just wanted to because it's international. Obviously, lots of people yeah. listen to this show. Different place. We have yeah. people on from. 
England, you're in Australia, whatever. So, um, so yeah, that's just and that's just a quick Google search mm. too. So um, okay, there you go. Well, now you know if you come to Australia, that's what they're referring <laughs> to of people like me. So, yeah, yeah, come in from from more uh, European uh, areas. Yeah, to yeah, Australia. just like old okay. old Italian and Greek men that are in singlets on like you know on the side of the road with their furniture stores. Um, and yeah. the film was actually filmed entirely, pretty much. A, one bit in Canada, but the enti- the rest of it was filmed in Sydney. So, okay. Um, yeah, in Australia. Okay. So there you go. Nice. Uh, let's, unless you guys have other, you know, things right on the top of your mind for um, positives that you want to throw out there. I know there's a lot I of fun enjoyed, in this movie. I, I want to say, like, I enjoyed the level of colour and just, like, I, similar to what you said before, I do think that unlike, maybe Ragnarok was kind of, like, 60% Taika Waititi and I just feel like Kevin Feige is like eh just do what you want this time around just make sure these are the you know you hit these specific beats um, so I the colour and like the set design when it was set design and like the costume and stuff was mm. really exciting to see it was such, such a feast for the eyes um, and on that as well like I could tell that Taika Waititi was trying to add in as much LGBT representation as he could um, so I liked kind of those moments of just they're just like there you know it's not like you know focus or anything like that so I really enjoyed that and that it's, they're, they're kind of just adding that in more and more into Marvel movies where it's just like it's just you know that's a part of society guys it just mm-hmm. is and of course if you're a 2000 year old god you're not really going to be like really specific on like sexuality or gender or anything like that so right. I really did enjoy that as well yeah, yeah. Andrew, did you have uh, any other positives that were hanging on your brain? The music, man. The the eighties mm. rock. You know, it's it's everything mm-hmm. you could ever want. It it fits so well. Even with... more than Ragnarok, right? It really felt like they really mm. leaned into this in the in, yeah. in this one even more. Yeah, yeah. They really leaned into that whole uh, stellar eighties seventies. You know, uh, neon synthy sometimes but mostly uh, classic rock balladness to give it that extra mm. oomph of mm-hmm. that operatic yeah. feeling oh speaking of operatic it, I, I don't know if it's a, a spoiler to say that there's a couple characters that return in this mm. uh, uh, in, in yeah a, that's a bit I think that's a bit that might yeah spoil a fun yeah. fun little moment I think I mean I think people would kind of if they thought about it would assume. Yeah. But yeah, but yes. Made uh, me happy. We'll, we'll Made me happy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And there yeah. Are, there are several moments like that in this movie when I talk about it being fun. Those are the things that 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 make it fun. Yeah. Um those cameos, different things. Yeah, those are oh. those those are yeah. a lot of fun. So um yeah, I I think for as we kind of linger in uh the positive space, I I really do think this movie is it does not go very long without giving you mm. something really, really entertaining. Whether that mm-hmm. be uh, something funny, a joke, or even a cool action scene or whatever. I didn't think the action was super amazing in this, but it was fun. Like, there was some fun things going on. Um, mm. I will use that to transition into one of my big ma- negatives about this movie, is that it really jumped around? Like there were mm. there were two or three moments where I was like, "Wait, how did we get here? Like did like did five years just pass? Like what happened? Like <laughs> I just like so there were a couple of those moments where either this movie was longer, and for whatever mm. reason they decided to kind of cut it down, or it's just that Tyke is like, I don't 
need to do all that normal stuff where the audience is aware of how time passes. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's helpful because I get distracted. Um, but yeah, there yeah, was the there was a moment was that was that was a big thing in terms of the negatives for me too. Where yeah. I was like, it wasn't you know super negative in that I was like, oh, this is so bad. I'm not enjoying this. But I was just I also was like, wait, how are we already here? How is she already mighty Thor? Like, mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. that happening like two seconds? I wanted to see the transition, and now I just feel like we're in the middle bit already. And then it just yeah. is like one thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, and it also. Like, there's certain characters in this that are in the trailer, but they are so superfluous to the entire thing where I'm just kind of like, why are you here? Why did you take up precious time that could have been dedicated to other things Mm. instead? And so I really did feel that. And then I don't really think it fell into a pacing that I was enjoying until that maybe third act. That's when I was like, all right, this is going at a a rate that I'm enjoying. But that it felt Mm. like it was just rushing to get there, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm kind of jumping around, and I mean, there's there's a reason that there are these movie, you know, norms of establishing shots, and you know, five years later texts, or you know, whatever. And this movie just seemed unconcerned with that. Which, okay, trust your audience. I I get it. Like that's that's fine, but that jarring feeling isn't necessarily fun because then you have to find your footing. You just kind of have to, you know, figure out where am I, when am I, what's going on, and yeah, there were. I think there were three moments specifically that I remember in the movie where I'm just like, wait, wait, what? What? Mm. This is where we're at now? Um, and, you know, it's not terrible, but it's it's certainly certainly annoying. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Did, did you feel that, Andrew? Yeah, I, I think what this movie does uh, is there's no trend, there's like no lull or a transition period between those types of like a tempos and like a tones that the movie's trying to set like it goes from one extreme to the next to the opposite extreme very rapidly and i think the movie is trying to say this is the tone for this part over for this you know scene over here and then for this other scene like in omnipotent like wherever they're going we're gonna have this tone but we can cut back and forth just please remember this was the tone that was taking place over here mm-hmm. in like this uh, mm. black and white area where it's like really creepy and scary. But then we can come right back over here and it's going to be happy funny. But don't forget, whenever we go back over there, you're supposed to be scared and creeped out. There's no, it, it's the transitioning that just is so jarring. Yeah. What were you saying, Alice? Oh, no, I was just going to say the other big negative for me, and I was really disappointed by this because I thought this movie had a lot of budget, but there was a lot of CG that looked really cheap. Like, was oh, that interesting. Just me? I didn't notice it. I didn't either. I was, it's, for me, it's more during the fight scenes there where people were, ma- were getting thrown around and jumping. Mm. I That's mm-hmm. where the rubberiness came to be. And mm-hmm. for me, it's just, I think, gotten to the point where Marvel, Marvel, where I'm like, I feel like you should have the budget for that not to be present, you know, and it to mm-hmm. be not present so obviously. Um, I don't know if I'll notice it as much if when I watch it at home versus on a huge cinema screen, but it was mm-hmm. something I noticed a few times in every fight scene. Um, and it, I know it's because there's just there's so much going on in every single combat scene in this movie because, again, there's colour and there's different powers and different superheroes. But um, And I this wasn't present in the... Yeah, in that, like, kind of 
um, monochrome scene, but it was definitely present in the ones with lots of lasers and colours and intensity. And I was mm. just like, oof, that wasn't quite right. Oof, that wasn't quite right. You know, like that mm. was the CG, that sort of thing. So that was the thing. It yeah. kind of pulled me out a few times. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice it, but uh, but yeah, it's but I also kind of a little bit, if I'm being honest, space out during some of the action stuff because it's just like the same old quick cut, mm. you know, stuff like, okay, this guy's doing this and um so yeah so i may have just i may have just missed it um just kind of spacing out a little bit but um because that was another one of my negatives in this movie i just i didn't think the action was that great it was fun there were moments where it was fun but i never felt compelled by the tension of you know how's this battle gonna go who's going to come out on top you know that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, easily I can't think of a single like uh, action piece of, like where like oh this move that this person did was really cool. Like you know right. they, I thought that one bit with the hammer. Oh, I think I know yeah. what you're talking about, but yeah. Oh, when we you say think about that one bit with the hammer in a Thor movie, yeah. <laughs> you know like, what? I'm maybe, maybe I'll say a, that. Many maybe bits that's a sign of <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the sign of a negative when you're like you know the one the one time <laughs> no. the hammer came into play. There's, there's a, a different version. Yeah. There's, no, there's I a, know. There's a I dichotomy know. between Mjolnir and Stormbreaker in this that I just adored. I thought it was funny every single time that you mm-hmm. know that a that triangle yeah. came into being. I'm like. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's the old thing. You're, you're the, you're the new. Yeah, yeah I, I love. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so fun. Man, <laughs> Chris really Hemsworth fun. has such amazing comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I find yeah. out this guy can sing well, I'm just going to be <laughs> so upset that he. Well, we know literally he can dance, has everything. So, yeah, huh? yeah, he can dance. He was on Dancing with the Stars in Australia before oh, he hit it gosh. big, and he can and he can dance. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, when really you say well. before he hit it big, you mean he was one of just like the dancers that danced with the stars? No, no, no. Or... He was like, oh. so he was on this. He was a celebrity like, soap... in Australia. Yeah, yeah. He got wasn't known. He was it, on a soap pier and he had just left it and then he was on dance. It was got before it. Star Trek and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. I was like, <laughs> like he legit, like was a legit dancer? No. <laughs> no, he was, he was one of the celebrities. He got was, it. he got was it. one of the stars. Don't worry. <laughs> He's not a professional dancer. I mean, he could be. No. I don't know. But no. from what I know, no. Man. Uh, <laughs> so the other one we've we've kind of touched on, and I'll just dig a little bit deeper into it, uh, is how this movie doesn't understand how to use its pieces. I'm specifically with the Natalie Portman character. Mm-hmm. She is supposed to be the driver of this movie, but it's so weird because she just completely disappears for a while and then when she comes back it's totally different and then like we really don't get to see a lot of processing from her of her own kind of change we get to see thor processing her change and those kind of things but from Mm. from you know her her perspective we aren't given a lot of time at least with her uh to process her situation which i'm not you know gonna give away here um the other thing tessa thompson's great in this movie but just so like underused and uh you know weirdly present in moments where she's not playing a role korg is kind of the same although korg is the com you know yeah. comedic relief comedic, so yeah. you know he's going to be the comic relief so he's going to be there uh probably more often than not but it just felt like the movie didn't quite know what it wanted to do with its pieces even the guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. you know is just kind of um yeah discarded you know 
Um, so I and like I get that it. Was like uh, they were in, they they have to be here because of the last yeah. movie. Yeah, and that's part of it, right? Like yeah. part of not <laughs> knowing how to use your pieces is the fact that you're forced to use all these pieces, and so when mm-hmm. you're put in that corner, you kind of have to find a way out. And um, I don't know necessarily yeah. how to do it any better, but you could feel it. You know, you, I could at least feel it in the movie that it was just like, oh, um, not everybody is is being you know, used well. And, and I know I've, I've heard that some people were even cut out, you know, the fact that, uh, I think Goldblum was supposed to be in this movie and mm. Peter Dinklage, uh, was also supposed to be in this movie and, uh, and they, people. they cut him out. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of people to be in this movie. I like, I was going to say with Valkyrie, yeah, it felt like, cause her character's got this kind of cool apathy about her, but I feel like it was, mm. It was too cool and too apathetic that that's just what her character's gotten. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's cool and everything, but maybe where's where's the you know badass from the last movie? Like mm-hmm. that was that was a good level, but I guess right. now she's over her trauma, and so now it's just the other element of her personality. And because she hasn't really been that developed between Ragnarok and now, they're kind of stuck right. with the traumaless king version of her. That that's mm-hmm. pretty much the entire character description. So I think it. Was would be good to kind of spend a bit more time because she is so cool and Tessa Thompson's such an amazing actress and I want her I want more of her yeah. use mm-hmm. her <laughs> yeah 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 I agree yeah anything else I'll push back on the uh, the Natalie Portman not being used to her potential because I think that what she is doing in this movie is you may after I say this you may say well Andrew you just think that she is a a, a narrative prop you know, prop piece. But I think that she is helping Thor redefine what it means to be a god, you know, what it means to be the mighty Thor, uh, you know, because after, because up to a certain point, he always had the same mentality. Then Infinity War happens in Endgame, and we see Thor not really knowing what he's supposed to be. I think that this movie, and especially Natalie Portman, help remind him of what he's supposed to do and what he's supposed to be and what being a god and a protector means. Mm. And, uh, mm. you know, like self-sacrifice and uh, uh, caring and stuff like Like, he's, he's relearning all of these things. And uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, Natalie Portman guiding, guiding him along the way. Mm. Okay. Yeah, like kind of like a metaphor for, you know, a god and it's his flock his people like that's the mm-hmm. you know it kind of realigned that he's not a king he's not a you know leader in that sense he's meant to more be a, that representation but in order to do so you need to care and so that's yeah. I, yeah I get that yeah did the love story elements to this movie work for you guys yeah I felt like they were a bit rushed like similar to the pacing where I was like oh okay we're here all right sure I mm-hmm. mean I would have right. liked a converse one conversation beforehand <laughs> like i get that there was some history and there was a really nice moment where they relay the history i'll say their version their up version their up story yeah. um i did really enjoy that moment but i still feel like yeah okay but i want to witness a single conversation before we just launch right into that again um so yeah i, I just like i did at the end like i was like yes but there was a bit of just okay cool yeah I'll just I agree. That's them. that's kind of my perspective as well. Yeah. Um I, I thought it worked fine. Uh I, I think their chemistry is fine. I just didn't think the movie gave me enough uh of trying to, you know, figure out what was drawing them back together or 
you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, hmm, let's see. I was trying to think there was one other thing I wanted to say. Uh, did you guys have one last thing? Two post credit mm. scenes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely worth sticking around for. Mm-hmm. Al- Al- <clears throat> Alice is excited. Very I want excited. to talk about one of them, but I can't. <laughs> are we doing a spoiler cast for this? I'd like to. I, I think there's so, there, there are a couple things at the Alice end that I'd like, like yes, to talk about. Yes, yes, <laughs> just about that, please. <laughs> sure, we'll do sip spoil. Might be a quick one, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. do a sip spoil on Thor: Love and uh, Thunder. There are some some mm-hmm. things certainly worth mentioning there. Um, anything else? I think that'll do it for me. All right, uh, there you go. That is Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I guess I guess I will just ask this, and we'll talk about more in the sip spoil before I close this up. Uh, what did you think about the ending? I liked it. Okay. I was like, I, I had this exact reaction. Oh, that was my reaction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my reaction it. was, oh, oh, <laughs> no, I hated the ending. Oh, we'll talk about oh, it in the sip spoil. Okay. Um, interesting. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about it then. I think it is an ending that serves character and theme at the expense of story. Um, so uh, and story oh. has to be king. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you, Alice. I appreciate you getting the same <laughs> response. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, that'll do it for Love and Thunder. Let's talk a little bit about Miss Marvel, Season 1, Episodes 1 through 5. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. That's a fantasy, too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Come on, love. What does it feel like? Cosmic. A great student, avid gamer, and voracious fanfic scribe, Kamala Khan has a special affinity for superheroes, particularly Captain Marvel. However, she struggles to fit in at home and at school, that is, until she gets superpowers like the hero she's always looked up to. Life is easier with superpowers, right? (laughs) Uh, So this is the latest Marvel TV show. Uh, What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? And again, just to remind you, we will be talking about Miss Marvel spoilers through episode five, which is all we have seen. We have not seen the finale, which airs next week as we're recording this. So, Andrew, you start this time. Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Loving it. Nice, nice. Alice? Loving it. Nice. Uh, I'm hit. Hating this show. No, I'm kidding. I no, no. I just that's the face I wanted from Alice. Mm. That's all. That's the only reason I said that. It's one of my favorite Alice faces. It's the best when you can you can get that. No, I love it. I love it. I love love, love it. Some people just want to watch the world burn. I I think it might be the best Marvel TV show. Uh, It. I think this is expert storytelling that is going on here, and it's also so beautiful to present a world I know so little about, right? Like I know so little about this culture um, as a white American Christian. Uh, like, you know, the the idea of spending time with this family and learning about how their day-to-day life, you know, impacts 
their world as you know pakistanis uh in america i just i i am loving 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 everything about this uh show so um uh, excited to hear you guys pour some love on it too um andrew why don't you kick us off what are some of your um some of your likes it's stupid how amazingly perfectly cast iman Vellani is as right oh, like it's dude. it's she is like it's like I'm her not first even being thing hy- too right like yeah yeah she's I'm never not, acted yeah. before I'm like. not even trying to be hyperbolic here. I think she is just as perfect as Kamala Khan as like Ryan Reynolds is as Deadpool. Like I think she is like sure. perfectly cast for this character. She's cute. She's adorable. She's funny. She shows emotion. She shows real fear and desire to want to do good. She really. And she is an awkward teen. I'm like, she is getting yes. every I believe her as perfect. a teenager. Yes. Yes. And you t- I didn't know this, that this is like one of the first like big things that she's ever done. Like it's- Not just big things, just things. Like yeah. she's in general. She's never yeah. done. And this is the only credit on her IMDb so far. Oh, really? As an actor. Yeah. It's well, insane. Uh, look out Hollywood. Iman's coming to town. <laughs> she is going to take over everything. Like she mm. is- absolutely perfectly cast and the supporting cast as well Mm. i mean nobody is as perfectly cast as she is but i think that they all work so well like uh matt lintz the kid who plays bruno you know i'm loving that uh that dynamic Mm. there or her best friend uh at the uh at the mosque at school yeah Mm. it's Mm. It's her mum so, too. I totally oh. buy that relationship. I totally her mum's an amazing actress, but like in this, I'm just like, yes, I feel this on a deep level as someone who was a teenage girl. Like yeah. oh my gosh, the frustration. Uh, Zenobia Shroff is yes. I believe the actor's name. Yeah. Zenobia Shroff. I was it's gonna just, ask. It's so believable. Yeah, I was going to ask mm. Alice because obviously yeah. I can get so far with my relatability, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I mean, it felt like it felt like you know watching my sister and my mom and you know how they interacted as I grew up, uh, you know the the dynamic between a mom and a daughter and like uh, mm-hmm. wanting to take the good things of being your mom but also wanting to be your own person and you know a mom wanting you know you to become a full woman but at the same time wanting to protect you from everything and uh, yeah i can tell you i i felt i felt a lot of this on a deep level and obviously from a cultural context it's different because yeah. i again i'm an like italian who's living in australia who's a lapsed catholic who's white so like not even close <laughs> culturally context but um in terms of the mother-daughter relationship, in terms of the fandom element and the thinking like you know better, but now I'm also having that adult perspective, similar to when you watch The Little Mermaid and she's like, I'm not a child, Dad, I'm 16. And you're like, yes, you are, young lady, sit down when you're an adult. Watching this <laughs> as an adult and you're just right, like, right. you're just like, oh, gosh, this is not going to end well. I know exactly what's going to happen because I did this thing and I got grounded. And the fact that she constantly gets grounded, I'm like, yeah. That was me. That was me yeah. doing, but like not for cool things, like going to parties or anything like that. It's like going to AvengerCon and like doing these nerdy things. And so I relate to her so well. I love her awkward teenager and I love her imagination. That is the part where I'm relating so hard. And the way in which her imagination is portrayed in this show is, I first of all, greatest texting animation I've ever seen. Like it's very Scott Pilgrim. It's 
it, it, yeah, well, it is very Scott Pilgrim, but it's so interesting because, you know, we all know texting in movies and TV shows now, but it's so cool and very into the Spider-Verse with the way they're doing the, like, mm, VFX mm. and the colour and the animations, and I'm loving it because it's so exciting for the eye, but it is also something that you could see a teenager doing. Like, that is how she would be picturing everything turning out. Like, in the first episode when she's like, this is the plan and this is how it's going to work out and it's going to be perfect, <laughs> and then it immediately starts going wrong. <laughs> I was like, like, I literally... You're the best daughter we could have asked for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're so proud I, I of have, you. I had something like that happen to me where I was like, it's going to be perfect, it's going to be fine, and then it all just crashed and burned and I got grounded. Mm-hmm. It was awful. But yeah, no, I'm really, really enjoying it. I think Aman Vellani is fantastic. And similar to you, Aaron, I'm loving just learning more about like not just Muslim but Pakistani culture and history specifically like I will be Mm -hmm. fully I'll fully admit I was an ignoramus before this and I had barely even heard of the partition or knew what it was and now Mm -hmm. I love learning about it I love how much depth we got in the last episode I was crying Mm -hmm. I was like I was too I was crying during episode five Mm -hmm. yeah I, I thought it was so beautiful and so powerful and it is. It's just such a reminder, and I'm glad. I, I'm really glad we're coming to this place where we are hearing different stories and different perspectives, and finding our way into you know different worlds. Because it's a reminder that there are so many deeply human, deeply traumatic stories, deeply joyful stories, whatever the case may be, that we would be unaware of just because it exists outside of our norm. And um, the partition is is one of those. Um, and the way TV has been doing this is uh, just uh, just absolutely beautiful. I think of Watchmen. I think of, you know, uh, just bringing attention to the, the, the Tulsa, the Tulsa um, massacre. Um, and just, you know, all these parts of history that if we don't continue you know, talking about them just kind of disappear from memory. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much easier to do the Holocaust, right? Because that, you know, feels bigger on a world stage, but is, is it bigger because of my cultural perspective, you know, the partition and independence in India for somebody who, who lived there was certainly as traumatic and as big and as painful and as, scary um you know i'm and i'm not trying to do like i'm i i'm not trying to to lean into like compare your trauma who has more trauma <laughs> yeah i'm just saying there is there is a depth to the human experience that we don't get if we just tell our own stories or if we just listen to our own stories mm-hmm. um i should say so yeah the partition stuff was great it, it's funny coming off of rrr uh into this when <laughs> rr deals with a lot of the same kind yeah. of era of you know indian independence and um yeah i i'm just i'm loving it it's really cool really emotional stuff yeah mm-hmm. plus that, that uh, love story in episode five i was just like oh, oh it's so nice oh. and then it was so sad yeah the oh, entire the so entire good. time you're like i want nothing but the best for these people yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I was just like, I know it's not going to end well, but oh, yeah. I still wanted to. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, yeah, the entire time, like from minute one, you're like, oh, this is not going to end well, but I'm just going to soak up and enjoy it for as long as this episode will what allow you me to. What you is seeking you. <laughs> <laughs> I so, also, yeah. here's another thing I love about this show. I love that Kamala has had in five episodes, three meet cutes. 
Yeah. I think this is I, well, and technically the Bruno thing was art like pre-existing. It's not necessarily we saw the meet cute, but there's definitely obviously we know Bruno really cares about yeah. Kamala. Like you know we can we can really see that. Well, but what I love is three the, versions of the teen love story. You've got the best friend, yes. you've got the hot popular guy, and you've got the enemies to lovers thing, which is literally yeah. the what the YA staples. So mm-hmm. yeah. But but what I love is it de- it never seems to dominate Kamala's thoughts. Like there mm. like like Kamala exists in this world where yeah, these are these are cool guys she's meeting. She's, you know, impressed by them or attracted to them or whatever and you know, she's a, a teenage girl, but it's not something where then the entire plot revolves around mm. the love triangle mm. or love square or you know, what it, whatever it might be. It's just she's interacting in her world and I just think to me, way too many times with YA or, you know, um, younger shows. That's the focus, that, that yeah. The focus becomes, oh, who's who's hooking up with who? Who's in love with who? Oh, let's root for that couple. Oh, I'm shipping them. Oh, <laughs> you know, and it's like there there can be that kind of stuff here, right? Like that's like I'm not saying it's mm. it's wrong for you to feel those things like like to have a favorite or, you know, want, you know, her to see Bruno or, you know, whatever the case may be, wherever your your allegiances lie. I'm team okay. Bruno. I'm team Comron. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, so the I love that gets- joke in the first episode, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was there. It was there. Uh, so it, that stuff is fine if you as an audience member want to partake in that and, you know, in and have, you know, favorites or whatever. But as, as far as the show is concerned, it's like, that's just kind of down here. Mm. That's just a teenage girl meeting boys. That's part of a teenage girl's life, but it's not dominating her decisions uh, in any way. Um, I, I don't know. There's something about the way it's handling that kind of teenage relationship thing that I really, really like. It almost seems more authentic to me yeah, to what I, I remember, say, which was just a lot of people in my life yeah. being attracted to some of them, having good times with some of them, <laughs> you know, eventually occasionally holding hands with some of them. But, you know, it's it's not... It wasn't something where it was like my life was defined by, you know, that kind of thing. So that yeah. that comes later. That comes when the hormones are really <laughs> raging. <laughs> but no, I, I was going to say like it, it's really it is cute is what it is because it's kind of yes. like, you yes. know, it's it's in the beginning. You know, she you're just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen here? Oh, you're just thinking about it. But yeah, it's not like there's so many teenage focused shows, you know, obviously like Euphoria is one of them, that sort of thing where you're like, I was not doing any of this stuff yeah. when I was in high school. That is a foreign world to me, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't get those shows. Anytime there's in a, in a movie, there's like a high school party scene and it's like, yeah. you know, this crazy party with yeah. a DJ and a pool. I'm just and like, everyone's where do you live? Yeah. It's like, just going insane. And you're just like, yeah. what, what, what high like, school? We watched, we watched Newsies <laughs> yeah. at my high school parties. We, we just there were like six of us and we just sat there and watched Newsies. Yeah. Yeah. We'd call our, our crush on the phone and then hang up, you know? Like right, that was yes. the extent that you got. Or you'd accidentally like walk by them and think that you'd have like a movie moment, but it would never end up being that way. And that's just how it was. For right. you, most of your high school life, you have a crush and the crush never eventuates. That's what it's like <laughs> for most of us. And I'm glad we're finally getting representation because that's just the reality of it. But um, moving over to other elements of the show that I really, really love. I know that this has been a bit of a controversial element, but obviously her powers have changed significantly to what they are in the comics. I was going to bring comics, that up. This is stuff I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily mm. know. So, yeah, because in the comics she has 
basically Mr. Fantastic type powers where her like yeah. defining feature is that she can she makes her fist really big and has a big like punch but she basically can change and uh, uh, like change her body and stuff um but in this one they made it much more m- like Captain Marvel-y lightsy I think that Mystical. they've from what I understand yeah they've combined a few other origins and just like put it in her story but yeah. I am oh my gosh the power the way the powers are cut looking the way they're being used they're so cool yeah. I'm like, I yeah. want to have that power. That's freaking awesome. And it's I like she seen has, it before. It's like she has access to matter from a different dimension almost. Mm, yeah. It's almost like she can manifest uh, this substance through light, yeah. um, which is She felt really a lot cool. like America Chavez in, a, in like sure, this uh, remake. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up. I don't, uh, I don't mind uh, the the change. Like, it's kind of disappointing because the group she was originally with, I was really excited about seeing possibly them in the show, but that didn't end up happening. But that's fine. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about the the evil group in this. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it was like. Once the minute I we were introducing, I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna be the bad guys, you know. Like it is like sure. I, I understand how Marvel does this now. They're gonna try mm. and be friends in the beginning, but then slowly they'll uh, they'll transition to being the bad guys. Uh, there was no uh, transition. We're introduced to them. They're like, uh, hey, we're gonna be your friends, and then the next, literally the next time they're on screen, they're already like, let's kill everyone. I'm like, where? When was mm-hmm. this? Like. You know, like, we've waited mm. so long for this. We're not waiting a second more. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, you can- <laughs> I felt that too. I was like, yeah. she, she just said she needed a little bit of time, guys. Yeah. Like, just give it a sec. Yeah, I felt that too. I feel like they don't the have villains- time. Yeah. yeah, well, I, f- I felt like the villains were kind of, so far they've been kind of 2D. And so I'm interested to see where they go for the next. Yeah, until episode five, kind of. Well, until episode five. Fi- yeah, but even then, like, I would say that's given way more dimension to Aisha rather than them necessarily beyond okay. the fact that, you know, they're the reason she's dead. But, like, I'm interested to see. Prob- I, I mean, I envision that the big final boss battle is going to now be Kamran with powers? Question mark? Like, I, I assume because they're all dead now. Like, mm. you know? So, I mean, maybe one of them's still alive. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure they all got killed in the last episode. Am I wrong? One of them survived and ran, I thought. And, yeah, I think we're left... on. I think we're supposed to be unaware as to if... Um, is it uh, Najma? Is that the main Najma? I think is the main yeah. one. Mm. If if she has she's possessed her son, maybe? possessed Kamran, or has mm. she sent him her love? Like like did she have a change of heart at the end? Like where she really like you know? So I don't know if Kamran is going is going to fight with or against Kamala, which I think is the point. I think mm. that's what they're trying to set up for the finale is. Wait, what's happening here? You know, mm. is is Kamran, you know, good or bad? Um, I think he's good. I think I think something. Even if there's, even if there's, uh, I can see him being a bit of an anti-hero sort of thing, where it's like maybe he fights her, but then she's like, "No, don't do this. You're better than this, Kamran." And then she, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh, I need to think about things," and then he disappears into the <laughs> night. Ah, <laughs> uh, I need to think about things. Yeah. And my, uh, and my friend yeah. is truly dead. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. 
Dark. So, yeah, I'll be interested. Dark. I will also say I'm really loving the not just the mum-daughter dynamics, but just the general family dynamics of... Um, Dad's great. Of, uh, of Kamala's family. Well, Amir's like her, great, too. Her dad and, and, and his and brother. Her yeah. brother, I should say, yeah. He's so funny. I'm enjoying him so much. <laughs> and he's devout, which I yeah. really, really like. Like, there's, there's uh, an interesting respect for uh islam um mm. that that i think is 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 beautiful and um and i i i kind of envy that for christian characters sometimes you know because christians are often caricatures right like they're mm. often you know um but there is there is something interesting about a devout person of faith especially one who you know really seeks what it means to be faithful and to show love and to find the 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 positives in religion and faith so um the in- so yeah I, I like that yeah. character it's really interesting the entire wedding sequence in this oh, um so my face hurt because i was smiling so much yeah it's like oh everything about this is great the colors it's just beautiful it reminded me uh a long time ago i went to a cameroonian wedding which was you know you know very uh you know, vibrant colors and jewelry and extravagance and dancing, just dancing, dancing, dancing. Mm. And it was just, it reminded me of that. I'm like, oh, this is just beautiful. And there wasn't a, you know, everybody was smiling on screen just as much as I would. It was infectious. I mm. love that sequence so, so very much. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yep. I, I was going to say, my friend said, like, when he was watching that episode, he's like, I forgot I was watching a superhero movie. I was just enjoying the wedding. Like, I was yeah. just having a good old time. <laughs> and I, I really felt that too. And I also, to your point, Aaron, I really like how this show is showing the different, like, levels or just versions or just kinds of people who are of the Muslim faith, you know? They're not mm-hmm. all one colour. They're not all one kind of faith. There are women who wear hijabs and there are women who don't wear hijabs, you know? Like, you've got Nakia and you've got Kamala. And mm-hmm. then you've got, you know, devout men and not devout men. And, you know, it's showing the mosque just like as a per- place of, you know, gathering and worship, just like you would see people at a church, um, you know, in other films and, and in other media. It's not in like, a oh, we're at a mosque. It's just kind of like, no, they, they're at their mosque. And they, there's a whole like, oh, she's going to get on the board and she's going to make it better and that sort of thing. And it's not about the fact that they're at a mosque and it's like a whole thing. It's just like, hey, we need to make this better. Well, you know, I'm going to go and run for board, you know, being on the board, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it's just like a fun little, um, you know, community political thing. And then you've got all the aunties sure. as well. Like, it's just a nice element of the community where I'm just watching it and then I'm just going, oh, that looks so much fun. I want to be there, you know? And I'm yeah. really, really yeah. enjoying that. Um, and then yeah. on the flip side of that, I'm enjoying her, like, fandom element, you know? The fact that she is just a huge Marvel fan and she's got a YouTube channel that gets, like, two views per episode per, oh, yeah. per video. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. If you're putting that, like, that's some high-quality yeah. stuff, like the animations or whatever, you're getting at least 15 to 20 views. At <laughs> least somebody's finding that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Not two. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was yeah. really nice, and I was just like, I could see someone doing that, and even though she's just doing it for the love, you know? She's the, she's the fan that Peter Parker maybe once was, but now he's too mm. into it. And so she's kind of that new one. And I can't wait to see them interact. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, I hope that happens. I hope that happens. There's so much uh, unknown. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing these uh, young Avengers come together, too. Mm. You know, yeah. just kind of all these different kids that, that are kind of showing up. 
Um, so anything else about Miss Marvel episodes one through five before we move on? I beg there to be a season two of this show. Oh, there! Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be. I, and I really well, you know, hope it's... she's in other properties because I know that with yeah. Moon Knight they've been like, "Nah, that's it." And I'm just kind of like, "What? But oh, you know." And so I, <laughs> <laughs> I want. I don't want it to be relegated to just the TV show. Is what I yeah. Mean. No, <laughs> she'll. She's, she's too good. I, she's too good, and there's no way they're not putting her with the other. Kid, like Kate Bishop kids. and uh, yeah, 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 Elena. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah, the, thre- the dynamic between those three. Uh, I need that right now. Yeah, the Elena, Kate Bishop. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think isn't she isn't she going to be in the movie? Isn't she going to be in the? I would think uh, so because I know that there Captain was Marvel movie? May, There was supposed to be a Captain Marvel cameo in the or show. The Marvels. Yeah, yeah. I think they were toying with a Captain Marvel cameo in the show, and then they didn't do it for some reason, or I don't like from what I understand. Or yet they could be lying. They it it could just be one of Marvel's many, many, many lies, you know, ahead of things, so they don't get spoiled. But um, yeah, I guess the Marvels would have to include her because that would include Photon, her, and then obviously Captain Marvel. I would assume. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we'll see. there you go, uh, Miss Marvel episodes one through five. We're fans. We're digging it. Uh-huh. Uh, please digging stick it the landing. Bit. Yes, as we always say on these, please, please stick the landing. Another thing we often say is, why couldn't have this been a movie? And that's true of this one. I think this would have been a great movie, but I have enjoyed expanding movie. the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have enjoyed expanding the universe, yeah. and I don't think there's some of these we say that about there's superfluous stuff that feels like it could have just you know mm. been left on the edit this doesn't necessarily feel that way i feel like we're we're including all the good stuff no so. i think with this being the format it is if it was a t- if it was a movie we wouldn't get as much stuff about the partition and stuff like that and yeah mm. <laughs> Uh, before we head into the best ever challenge, um, just a reminder that you get to hear this show and check out the website and all the articles there because of amazing Sif Pop members that make it happen. Uh, if you're interested in finding out what it means to be a Sif Pop member, basically just means you decide uh, to throw a couple bucks our way every month. It starts at $3, I think. There's different levels. And then you get different levels of perks as well. Uh, one of them, uh, I think my favorite perk that we offer is all of the podcasts without any ads and also bonus podcasts most weeks uh, where we talk about other things. Uh, this week we talked about the uh, Obi-Wan series. Um, I think Andrew and I had talked about the first couple episodes, but we talked about the entire series with Alice. Uh, if you're interested in that, you get your own podcast feed. You can check it out at patreon.com slash siftpop. And more than anything else, just thank you for even thinking about it. Thanks for checking it out and uh, possibly sending a couple bucks our way. That's patreon.com slash sifpop. All right, let's do the best ever challenge. Uh, We're going to do best ever Christian Bale movies, movies Christian Bale was in. Um, We will go number five to number one. And uh, let's have um, Andrew, why don't you go first? Why don't you start us this week? Let's start with one of my favorite westerns of all time, 310 to Yuma. Great choice. Almost made my list. It was my number six. By the um, way, uh, I did make it out of my top 100 movies <laughs> with Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, I actually this is a good this is a good time to talk about this. We have our lists that we, you know, make different times, different ways or whatever. 
Um, Andrew, I assume by the way you said things that you actually look at your list and kind of keep it consistent with, yeah. you know, what's on your list. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I try to do it without looking at my list. And then if it's inconsistent with my list, it helps me kind of learn something about how I feel in this moment, um, because things do change. And what's interesting, sometimes I'll keep it the same on my overall list, but change it on the specific list. And it's that weird brain thing where it's like, yeah, but it's if it's the best ever Christian Bale movies, I like this list better versus if it's just best movies of all time, I like this order better. Um, so, yeah, I find that stuff interesting. I do find that like whenever I'm making these lists and stuff like I'm like, OK, I'll put three Tindy Yuma at number five. Should that be higher in my top hundred movies of all time list? And then I'll, <laughs> I'll so actually good. I'll edit it, you know, it, it, as it goes along. So yeah, it it it's not it's not something where I just automatically go, oh, this is number one, this is number two. Like I I do think about it. Like, right. do I actually like this more? So should this be higher? So it, it's always fun, and my uh, top hundred is always changing. It's very fluid. But three ten to oh. Yuma, uh, Christian Bale is just the. Uh, epitome of grit in this and man oh man did i not expect this but russell crowe can be such a good villain like he is evil in this and but there's also something human about that character and that's really what makes it fascinating um i'm trying to remember his name i should have had it pulled up but uh he played charlie prince in this Ben Foster is oh, yeah, so yeah, shockingly good in this. I think besides uh, Hell or High Water, this is his best performance. And that's coming from uh, for a guy who consistently puts out top-notch work in movies. I love mm -hmm. Ben Foster. And I love this movie. It, it's a great uh, shootout, great tension, and it's emotional. Very emotional movie. I love it. Yeah. Good choice, good choice. Uh, Alice, have you seen it? No. <laughs> Get it on the list. Yes, it it's on, on the, the list. list. It's like one in many, many, many Westerns where I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to no, it. I, I, I hear promise. you. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my number five, uh, another Western. Um, it's Newsies oh. is my number five. <laughs> That's my number six. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it can be considered it's, a, a western he's, he's from like Europe west. and stuff. Yeah, from. I mean, it's in a, a western country. Yeah, yeah, it's in a western country. That's about it. Santa Fe's in the west. It's like the main goal, like, is to get to the west. Oh, so uh, he no, wants to get to Santa Fe. Yet the entire movie takes place yeah. in New York, one of the most east coast cities that ever yes, east yes, coasted. Yes. Listen, listen. It feels like a western. You know, there's no. gangs and battles. Okay, you know what? Fine, Actually, fine. it's a period piece. Like right at you that could turn say of century, it feels like, like a West Side Story, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, man, do I love Newsies? Um, it is uh, one of two Christian Bale movies that I just wore the snot out of um, when I was in high school. Uh, and I love the songs. I am an OG movie Newsies guy. The the musical kind of annoys me because it changes stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, give me the original movie. <laughs> Uh, and Christian Bale's great in it. He's yeah. great in it, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So if uh, if you haven't seen Newsies, I highly, highly recommend it. It's uh, it's one of my vibes. So it's a number five. Yep, that's it. That's the Beautiful. one. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number five? Um, do you mean me? Go. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I'm sorry. I was Alice. Like, uh, I didn't. Yeah, Alice is here this week. You realize that? <laughs> Alice, what do you have at number five? I have Hal's Moving Castle. Trump. Uh, oh. Oh, sorry, Alice. Specifically, sorry. the dubbed version. I just want to say. Well. <laughs> yes, well, of course. Well, obviously, of course, yes. yeah. I just realized it has For to be right. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I love the version right, that Andrew. doesn't See, focus I knew what her. I was doing. <laughs> I knew what I was doing going to you next, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, I just was trying to get you. I'm know, surprised you don't have anything on your soundboard for uh, getting trumped. True. Oh, well, we should. Yeah. We absolutely should. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your number four? American Andrew? Psycho. Honorable mm, mentions. For okay. Me. Messed up movie. <laughs> it's a very messed up movie. Sounds like it's not even on Aaron's honorable. <laughs> I don't think Aaron likes no, this movie. Okay. <laughs> nah, it's I get it. Like I get the the performance and I get the satire. Um, yeah. It just yeah. I ca- I came to it late and I just I don't get the attraction to it. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. This is the movie uh, that made me care about skincare. You know how can oh, I yeah. not love? Of course, it? of course. And yes, of course. Return those videotapes, ladies and gentlemen. You got to return those <laughs> videotapes. Right. Be kind. Rewind. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. It's great. There you go. Aaron, you're number you four. Uh, my number four is uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, uh, that's mine too. I... Nice. Nice. Hey. Well, why don't you go first since you got skipped last time, Alice? Talk about Ford oh, v. Ferrari. Very kind of you. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh-huh, of course. Th- this movie and the uh, Little Women that came out that year keep flip flopping on my list as to what was my favorite of that particular year. But it was an exhilarating cinema experience. The sound design. Oh my goodness! I never thought I could get so excited about car racing since Cars when I was a kid. But like, mm-hmm. it was. Christian Bale is amazing in this movie he's just I mean you come to see Christian Bale you get an amazing performance and his dynamic with Matt Damon the underdog story of it all I love who doesn't love a good underdog sports movie and then you know it's just so so much fun and then it's so heartbreaking as well because you have this kind of you know your classic sports movie triumph but not quite triumph and then it just ends so sadly and you're just like oh my god and it's true uh, it's just, you know, James Mangold knew what he was doing, and I I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's just exhilarating. It's exhilarating. That's the word for it. Yeah, it's just like old school, like own the audience kind of movie, and the stakes are clear, mm-hmm. the characters are clear, objectives are clear. Like, it's just like, you know what's going on, you're believing everything about it. It's just, it's phenomenal movie making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there there are several scenes in this that are just like epic, mm-hmm. fun scenes to watch. Um, Tracy Letts having the moment in the car uh, among <laughs> yeah, the top. That was of so them. good. Um, so good. Um, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. Ford v Ferrari is great. Definitely. Uh, all right, so I think that brings us uh, uh, back to my number three. <laughs> Your number three. Let's go with. It's going to get trumped. The Prestige. Trump. It is definitely going to get Trumped. Twice, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so then back to me Mm -hmm. for my number three. Uh, This is where I have the big short. uh, Oh, my, that's my number three as well. (laughs) Yay! You guys just have the same list, pretty much. Minus one. (laughs) 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, this was this was my number two last week with Steve Carell movies. This is my number three this week um, with uh, Christian Bale movies. There you go. Uh, and man, just another great film. I talked about it a lot last week, Alice. So if you have uh, stuff you want to say uh, about it, please. It's so much fun, and yet it's about home loans, like you know, and then like shorting mm-hmm. the market and stuff. Who would have thought? Like. As someone who has recently learned way too much about the housing market than she ever wants to learn in her entire life because it's boring and awful, (laughs) this movie is so... I mean, enjoyable doesn't seem like the right word given the subject matter and everything that happens around it, but it is so much Mm -hmm. fun to watch. I think... You know, this is something that I feel that Adam McKay has been trying to replicate with his last two movies but hasn't quite been able to hit... It's just, it's the right level of, you know, it's got the serious element told in a really wacky way and bringing the insane element of this true story together with the perfect cast of characters, the perfect cast of actors, plus the fun little vignettes with the celebrities. It's just, yeah, it's exciting. It makes, and it's ingenious, really, because again, the subject matter could be extremely boring, which is something that they call out as to why what happens happens, because it's so boring and people don't want to know about it. And then it mm-hmm. manages to explain it to you and, and really get you engaged, just like as engaged as I am in something like social network, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just expertly made, really. I, I yeah, big shorts. I really, you know, I, I feel like watching, maybe I'll watch it tomorrow <laughs> it's just such a good movie. it is one of those movies yeah. you can just throw in and watch yeah. it's it's really good mm, yeah no, very we talked good. about it a lot very, last very week good. yeah um not on your list andrew the big the big short. Number six okay Oof. well there you go yeah there you go just barely uh andrew i guess we're uh we're back to you for your number three uh two no number two yeah. you're number two this yes. is where i have Howl's moving castle ah. all right the dubbed version no I'm gonna go with the subversion, just the one that he's not in. <laughs> the one, he, no, uh, no. Um, I think *Howl's Moving Castle* it is the best Miyazaki film, and I love the dub version Ooh. more than I love the sub version because I think that they got the best cast ever. They got Billy Crystal, Christian Bale. I mean, it's it's every the the voice casting is so absolutely perfect, and the, his voice, Christian Bale's voice, can be so calming and soothing but at the same time you realize oh he can be kind of menacing if he wants Mm. to kind of like how he you don't realize just because the the prosthetics and the makeup so good in thor love and thunder you don't realize how much his voice is really adding to the effect of the eeriness of that gore the god butcher and the same can be said in Hal's movie castle like when Hal gets mad you know he can be terrifying and a lot of that has to do with great voice acting combined with the amazing visuals of Hayao Miyazaki. So, Howl's Moving Castle is my number two. Uh, Alice, what are some of your thoughts on Howl's Moving Castle since you had it at number five? Yeah, I, I agree. It's such a great movie. It's my second favorite Ghibli movie behind Spirited Away, but it is a close second. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I, I think that those really are like the two that are up there and mm-hmm. they're just so amazing. Um I agree with you. I've got the same sort of thing as you, Andrew. I if it's animated, I'll just watch it in the dub and it is so well. Like the Ghibli movies are so well dubbed and this yeah. one especially, it's just such a magical story. I love it so much. And speaking of Christian Bale's voice, you know, it's so funny because at work last week we were literally having a conversation about cartoon characters that, you know, might have ma- made children start to feel things they didn't recognize for the first time. <laughs> and <laughs> this was definitely one of those characters where as a little girl watching it, you're like, 
how so beautiful, you know. Uh, you had a sexual <laughs> awakening to howl. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's what just, is it? What, what is so- it with people of our generation having sexual awakenings to cartoons? Me <laughs> was Jessica it, Rabbit. You had howl. No, no, there's a safety to it, right? Like, I think the idea, mm. the the reason that happens is because it's not real. Yeah. And so there's a sa- there's a safety to finding attraction there that doesn't feel like, oh, I'm transgressing, you know. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it would be a lie yeah. for it to uh, yeah. for me to say that it's my f- it would be it was my first one. My first one was Kovu in Sim in The Lion King Two, Simba's Pride. However, my first nice. less inappropriate one because it's a human kind of is Hal in House <laughs> Moving Castle, and so he's uh-huh. just such a he has such a buttery voice in this, and mm-hmm. it's so well like you believe that you know you would fall in love with this man wizard creature thing. And then it's, yeah, it's such a great love story. It's got, it really reminds me of, you know, your classic sort of fairy tales that, again, have the right kind of dark elements and it's so well told. And as a kid, you don't really get all of it, but you're still enjoying it. But then you watch it as an adult and you get so much more from the viewing experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's such, it's such a great movie. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go watch yeah. it. It's a quick too. It's like eighty minutes or something. Like just go watch it. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies where every single time you watch it, you catch something new and remarkable mm. about it. So yeah, you watch nice. the big short later today. I'm gonna rewatch Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. So okay, do it. Yeah. done. Do it. Uh, all right, my number two yes. uh, will likely get trumped. This is where I have the dark. Yeah, Trump. And uh, at number two, uh, <laughs> wonder what both of you have at number one. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Let's talk about what you have in number two. Uh, you're number one. Uh, uh, well, uh, Al- well, what? What? Huh? No, it's Wait, fine. I'm pretty sure my number two is going to get trumped. It's the prestige. Yeah, so we can number just, two we will can get just move on. I, yeah, that's what I prestige. thought because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so no. we know all our number ones yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so right yeah. back to you, so. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's Andrew. Yeah. Andrew gets oh, to yeah, yeah, off. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, Dark Knight, best comic book yeah, movie ever too. made. Um, I didn't get a single one on this list, just for me. <laughs> you shared every single one? Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't know that. That's okay. No, it's Aww. okay. I have honorable mentions. I'm sure that I have at least one honorable mention. I doubt either of you have, yeah. so it's okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I but, love yes. how um, something that I've, I've complained a lot about uh comic book movies lately is that characters end up being prop pieces as opposed to being actual characters. And I think the best example of how it's done right is in The Dark Knight with Aaron Eckhart as uh, uh, Harvey Dent. Because you have the two opposing sides. You have the Joker who is chaos. He is anarchy. And then you have Batman who ha- who is rules. He is law. You know, like he, he may be breaking the law, but he he is a you know justice and you know no killing he has rules and you have Harvey Dent who's like getting tugged back and forth between these two the entire movie and uh where it goes is just it's a roller coaster uh it's probably career best performances from all these well not Christian Bale because he's <laughs> It, it seems like every single movie he does, he, he gives out a new best performance of his career. But this is easily Heath Ledger's, and honestly, I think this is Aaron Eckhart better than Thank You for Smoking. For as amazing as he is in that, I think that the character, uh, like, 
the way that Harvey Dent goes, you know, you know, back and forth, and this is so great. Yeah, uh, best comic book movie ever, Alice. I, I was I was literally about to say like it's I mean hands down best Batman movie. It, it is still it wasn't trumped yeah. by the Batman. I will fight you like th- this is the no, best Batman. This movie. is the best. It's amazing. It's just it's iconic. It's it's literally iconic, and the fact that I can watch it now. Over 10 years later, you know, what is it, like 12 or 13 now? Like, it's insane <laughs> how how good this movie is, how well it stands up. It the I remember being in the theatre, watching it the first time, and it was a packed theatre, and I was watching it with my dad, and there was the uh, fairy scene where they had to, you know, it was, you know, you have to blow up the other one or you're going to blow up. And it was that mm-hmm. moment where the score goes up, 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 and it, it becomes piercing. I was I was squirming in my seat. I couldn't handle it. I was literally, like, freaking out, being like, what is going to happen? Like, it was the most... And this was me as a 14-year-old. Like, I was just... There were so many emotions and hormones and everything going on, and I didn't know what to do with it. And it is so well done. Like, the whole movie is so well done. Obviously, Heath Ledger is um, insane. But I also want to say... I don't think Christian Bale gets enough credit for how good of a Batman he is. Like, he's just so dynamic. He's such a great hero. And then in this movie as well, like, oh, he's so good, especially Christian Bale. Like, I keep forgetting in the movie that he's such a prestige actor. You know, this is Christian Bale. But it's like, no, it's Batman, you know? Oh, Did you movie. say prestige? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Speaking hey, of, that's a good... Speaking of which, yeah. But no, yeah. so good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it just... Just briefly, yeah. just to say, uh, I I think that I have The Dark Knight ranked lower than a lot of people do, but it's still an incredible film, mm-hmm. and um, and I do think the Heath Ledger part of it is is probably the the primary part of that. You could say, uh, in many ways, you can almost sense Christian Bale um, kind of responding to Ledger's Joker in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is. Mm. Uh, kind of an interesting thing. You kind of wonder if subconsciously, you know, he's like, I want to, I want to do scene, you know, scene chewing villainry, you know. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting because initially, uh, Christian Bale in the Dark Knight trilogy, his Batman was supposed to gradually get more dark, and then, mm-hmm. but when Heath Ledger came and he, people saw his. Uh, version of the Joker and how evil and chaotic it was, it didn't make sense for Batman to kind of dip a toe in -hmm. that world. He had to be pure. He had to be... So Mm -hmm. Heath Ledger's performance changed the the trajectory Mm. of Batman. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Uh, My number one is The Prestige. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think... Did you both have it on your list? Number three. Two. Three and two, three, two, one. Um, I mean, I I don't know what other to say that hasn't been said other than have you ever seen an absolutely perfect movie? Uh, well, uh, if not, I've got a movie for you to watch. Uh, it is, isn't absolute it? It's, perfection. It, it is. It's a perfect yeah. movie. Yeah. It's just absolute perfection. Um, and it's it's just one of those movies that reveals itself exactly the way it intends and then reveals itself later over and over again as you start to realize how layered it is, uh, how meta-contextual it is, yeah. um, and how it's 
You know, it is about movie making, which most of Nolan's movies could be laid on that metaphor, right? Like a lot of Nolan's stuff is about the miracle of movie making. Uh, mm. But this one, it's somehow both extremely explicitly about that and yet also very subtly subconsciously about that. It's wild how he can, excuse m my phrase, pull off that magic trick. Like it is it is genuinely incredible. Um, and that's uh, that, that is a prestige. Uh, one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And again, it, didn't <laughs> it come out in like 2005 or 2006? Like you yeah. wouldn't know it watching it today. Like no. it yeah. is so well done. And yeah, just amazing chemistry between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman and everyone in it. I mean, it's a magician movie with Nikola Tesla played by David Bowie, and it's not ridiculous. That's like, the icing what? on the cake mm -hmm. right there. I know. Oh, it's so good. You like, you, you're a car guy too? You like cars too? Yeah. Gotta <laughs> love them Teslas, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a Miss Marvel reference in case, uh, yeah. in case you didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on The Prestige? It's one of the very few movies where as soon as I saw it in theaters, I immediately bought a ticket to see the next showing. Sure. Because I just mm -hmm. had to. Yeah. Watch it with the knowledge of everything that unfolds. It, it is one yeah, of those movies where uh, no matter like how old it gets, I'll always ask if somebody has seen it before I spoil anything. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. I, I Yeah. There are some of those movies where it's like, yeah, I know it's been a while, but if you haven't seen this, don't want to mess this up for you because yeah. it's a it's a pleasure. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure. Nice. Uh, well, there you go. There's our top fives. Let's do honorable mentions. Alice, you mentioned you had some. Why don't you go ahead and go over yours first? Yeah, sure. So one of them, it's it's on here because it's just the nostalgia and it has to be, it, which is Pocahontas, Disney's Pocahontas. I mean, the nice. songs are amazing. Yes, the whole thing is extremely problematic the more you think about it and how much Disney didn't just tweak the story, just completely rewrote the story and just ignored real history. But the, the animation behind it and the music and just it's disney you know it's a disney princess movie it's a, as a kid growing up colors of the wind everybody knows that song and i love that song christian Bale's not the biggest part of it but he's still like it, it's still crazy to me that he's in that movie i'm just like what christian bale is that guy okay mm -hmm. but no it is it's still enjoyable to watch it's yeah great movie um, I also have A Midsummer Night's Dream, the one uh, with, uh, he plays uh, Demetrius, I think is his name, um, uh, his character name, but you know, it's got so many amazing actors in it, including Stanley Tucci, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kevin Klein, you know, and it's, Midsummer Night's Dream is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, and this is such a fantastic, like, adaptation of it. It's so well done. It It's just so engaging. The sets and the acting behind it, it's just expert, mm -hmm. an absolute expertly done film. Um, and then the other one I had was Little Women, the 1994 one. My man played Laurie. He broke all of our hearts when Winona Ryder rejects him. And you're like, no, Winona, what are you doing? But, <laughs> but it's so, oh, it's so great. I, that was like an epitome movie for me until the new Little Women came out. And that was just as good, if not better. And it's just Little Women. It's a great story, guys. Just watch it. Like, watch this one, the 1994 one or the 2020 was it 2019? 2019 one. Oh, they're both just amazing. I love them. They're great. But this one in particular, Christian Bale's a fantastic Laurie because you fall in love with him. He's so good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are my three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, I got a bunch here. Let's talk about the fighter. You know me; I love boxing and stuff. Great. And Mickey Ward, That's a great yeah, movie. Mickey Ward is yeah. a, a, an amazing boxer. And Dick, uh, Dickie, his brother, who played by Christian Bale, uh, went through some really rough, you know, going with uh, addiction to narcotics and stuff. And it, it's it's something that you don't see a lot of in boxing movies, where the family dynamic is just as, if not more important, than the actual boxing in the movie. I don't think since Rocky, you know, you realize, oh wait, is this a boxing movie or is this, you know, a commentation, a commentary on, you know, society and stuff like that? So, I love The Fighter. I think it's a great, great film. Um, let's talk Vice. I think. Vice is just an amazing performance and amazing prosthetics. Mm. The the actual like delivery of the movie was just okay. Mowgli, I liked it more than yeah. you, but yeah. Uh, Mowgli is probably one of the best uh, versions of the Jungle Book ever. Uh, I thought he was great in it. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a there's a movie I don't know if you guys have seen or not called Hostels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. It, it's him uh, escorting a, a Native American chieftain uh, across the plains, and uh, the uh, the kerfuffles they get into <laughs> is the mm-hmm. goofiest way to put it. Rescue Dawn. This is like it kind of it reminds me a lot of the Machinist, where a lot of the uh, the appeal to this is the uh, the body transformation that uh he went through mm-hmm. and the rest of the people in the in the movie went through uh where they went got down to like 80 70 pounds and it just like emaciated human beings uh but it's mm-hmm. still a fascinating story and then two movies i have to have to have to recommend if you haven't seen one of them was <laughs> uh, on in every single person's dorm room had a poster of equilibrium Whenever I was mm-hmm. in college, I was considering that one. Yeah, yeah. What's well, it's a fun, fascinating movie. It reminds me kind of of a more sci-fi Gattaca, mm. with you know, like a Gattaca is all about you know achieving perfection, where equilib- equilibrium is trying to achieve societal perfection through lack of emotion. You know, um, the gun foo i guess you could call it in this is so cool it's so unique i think equilibrium is a very underseen movie and then a movie where i don't care who you are i will fight you to the death this is a fun movie it may not be a good movie but it is a fun <laughs> movie and that is rain of fire i have st- it was on my honorable mention rain of fire is so much fun it's such a fun fun movie mcconaughey is yeah. like chiseled as anything in that movie Aaron it's been on my list to watch it for a while now yeah 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 of Fire is a lot of fun uh I think everybody knows the one that hasn't been mentioned that I'm gonna mention uh Swing Kids Um, (laughs) that is the the other the other Christian Bale movie uh that I wore that's not out of in high school uh I'm aware it's probably not technically as good as some of these other movies but you you're not gonna convince me of that (laughs) uh I I I, your logic says yes, but your heart says no. I just love this movie yeah. unconditionally. I just I I will watch it over and over and over again. I think the music is phenomenal. I think the the emotion of it is beautiful. Um, so yeah, it's it's I find it uh, really really interesting. And the the Robert Sean Leonard Christian Bale uh, friendship torn apart. Yeah. Um, 
by Nazi Germany stuff is just it's it's just really really good. Um, not available on Blu-ray. Uh, can't find it anywhere. I apologize, but uh, hopefully you can find your way to a version of Swing Kids because uh, it's it's really you really can good. find it. So, you can find yeah. it. You'll find it. You can find it. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Uh, those are Christian Bale movies. Guys, that brings us to the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Alice, you get to go last because you're our guest. Um, I'll kick us off this week. Um, sometimes with, with buried treasure, I, I genuinely don't remember if I've mentioned something before. So if I have, just tell me. I'll pick something else. Have I talked about Strange New Worlds yet? Star Trek Strange New Worlds? <gasps> oh my God, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> no it's not it is, Alice, I swear, come look, on we're what look. are we like the same person <laughs> i swear to god that's mine it's like magic it's like magic uh yeah um what? so i'll let alice have strange new worlds uh and unless you have a runner-up that you wanted to talk about uh that you're excited to talk about no i didn't come with one this time because i was like it won't happen again and then it no, did. No, of course not. Ah, <laughs> oh, just what? What's it like just to like have me in your <laughs> head, Alice? Just like stealing all of your thoughts and ideas. Oh, uh, all right, Andrew. Why don't you give us yours, <laughs> and then I'll pick something new while while you're talking, and then Alice can do Strange okay. New Worlds. That's hilarious. So, do my bear treasure now? Then, yeah, okay. go for it. Go for it. Uh, they just wrapped up season three of the boys, and Ooh. holy crap. Easily, easily the best season. It was shockingly good. Just through one episode, so I just there's so much TV to watch. I have you're in for a ride. Yeah, (laughs) season. It's like see. I can see where some people be like, yeah, season one and season two. It was just all about vulgarity and grossness, Mm. while at the same time being you know a, a, a a fun goofy show. No, season three. I, I don't think you could make that argument because yes, those things are here, but there is so much going on with Homelander. Anthony mm-hmm. Starrs has to win Best Actor f- this year. He's amazing. It's he's amazing. He, you want to talk he, about perfect casting? Yeah, uh, he's a Australian, isn't he? Uh, no, he's from uh, New Zealand. He's New Zealand. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll uh, take credit for him. We've done that enough times. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Another New Zealander. You got a uh, Carl Urban, one, the one, the only. Yeah. God, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's amazing as Butcher. the The character arc of Butcher is a fascinating one. Uh, a a character who is so hell bent on self destruction, yet at the same time wanting to make sure that he does right by the world. It's like those two things pulling against him. And then the intro or the the uh, yeah the introduction of Jensen Ackles this season mm-hmm. as uh, as uh, what's his name Soldier, Soldier Boy Boy yeah <laughs> so like good. seeing him for fifty two seasons on uh, <laughs> Supernatural as this one goofy you know hero that everybody loves to seeing him turn around and be this. Evil despicable. Captain America. <laughs> He's a despicable evil Captain America. Yeah. And wait, what? Oh, Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. He's basically yeah. like Captain America, but the boys' version of Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And then the that hasn't happened yet. As I, I just met him in episode one. I thought he was a nice guy. Sure. I yeah. mean, he's a superhero in the boys, Aaron. Yeah. 
I will tell you one of my favorite things. Some of them are nice. I don't know. Leave me alone. I want my heroes. I love what the season does with Black Noir. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Um, uh, It's different than the actual comics. Like, Mm. but, uh, I like this. I like this way more than what they did in the comics. Um, yeah, black the, the character arc because he was always kind of just a a funny a funny prop piece in the background. You know, just he would just stand there and stare at you, and you'd get that uncomfortable laughing going on. You know, no the the way he's used it's it's funny yet it's kind so sad. It's yeah. so sad. Yeah, mm. I, I love what they do in this season easily. Easily the best season of the show. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, I'm ex- excited to finish it up. Maybe I'll uh, have to do that while you guys are watching uh, Howl's Moving Castle in the Big yeah. Short. I'll uh, I'll finish. Oh, up, that's uh, gonna be a binge, Aaron. You're gonna need to take a hard, long shower <laughs> after that. Because I was gonna say to your point, Andrew, like you know, the vulgarity and that's and the gr- grotesqueness of the first two seasons. Oh. Oh, you have no idea where we go. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to or, look at. Or, or yeah. where, what we go into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Already in episode one. I know. I was going to oh, say, yeah. you would have yeah. already oh, that seen is, that. Uh, is in the first one. episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. I was eating my breakfast yeah. watching yeah. that one. That was an experience and a half. Yeah. So, but so yeah, guys, no. tell yeah. me why I should start watching Strange New Worlds. Um, well, you're not going to let me do my, uh, yeah. my runner up oh, choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get into <laughs> I'm that. so excited to no. talk about Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, we can, we, we will. And we will, I'll make this really quick. Uh, Westworld is back for season four and I am so in, uh, I know this show has, well, first of all, been off the air for a while. Like it, it takes its time coming out with each new season mm-hmm. and I know people kind of, uh, have waned on it or gone away or whatever, lost interest in season two or three, that kind of thing, which I still kind of enjoyed. Um, I think this show's really found its stride in the end of season three and going into season four. I think it, it understands that it's not just about the park, which I think is pretty clear in seasons two and three, but every single season is kind of a new mind-bending, mind-blowing exploration of technology. And... Uh, season four so far has been no different and uh, really excited to to con- continue watching Westworld. Mm. So, yeah, I'll throw that out there as my yeah, great treasure. It's way creepier so far, too. I was like, oh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I like gave it. up. Yeah. <laughs> I gave up halfway through season two. I should. I sh- oh, I wow. You've missed so much. You got. Yeah, you got some story ahead <laughs> of you. Uh, that. That show goes places. Yeah. I'll sure. admit, I had to watch it like yeah. what what happened in the first three seasons before I started episode one because <laughs> I was like, "What mm-hmm. happened in it's season so three? I to- there was je- like you know Jesse was in it, and then I don't even like yeah, what happened? And then I do, and then I, and then yeah. I'm actually I was I was similar in that season three. I was like, yeah, okay, but I wasn't like in love with it. But so far, I'm really enjoying season four. I, I was actually captivated by it. So yep. far. Well, uh, Alice, tell us about the amazingness that is Strange New World. So this is the show that I finally broke down and got Paramount Plus for. <laughs> I was holding off for such <laughs> nice. a long time because I'm like, I can't, I can't add another streaming service to the ones I already pay for. It's too much. And then I was like, damn, I really want to watch this show. So then I was like, you know what? It's enough now. I've got enough shows. It's worth it. And so I have been watching all the new Trek. I am a fan of all the new Trek. 
I, but again, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, and I've definitely mentioned this just in general. My partner is an old Trek fan. Like he rewatches, mm. you know, Next Gen and Deep Space Nine all the time. He's watched all the original series, and he hates the new Trek. We watched the Picard. Oh, no. He didn't enjoy it. He doesn't like Discovery because he thinks that it's just so far from I what. Betty likes this though. Exactly because clearly yeah. they heard the fans like my partner like toby and they were like fine we'll give you what you want and they did so strange new worlds it follows pike and his team on the enterprise before kirk comes along so spock is part of it and uhura is part of it but there's also a new cast and it's literally like as classic trek as you can get very similar to the orville which is obviously based on classic trek where every episode it's got a new story you know there might be some very basic through lines that carry on from episode to episode and if you need to the previously on will remind you but really it is a new story it's a new discovery it's a new like fun adventure. Don't say discovery. Don't say discovery. Oh gosh, sorry. It's a new uh, uh, <laughs> that show has gotten something really they bad. found that is new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it and it's it's a, such a they're such fun adventures. This is such a fun adventure TV show. It's my. It, it, I know I'll feel really good at the end of every episode, and not necessarily good because some of them will make you feel sad and some of them will make you feel scared and that sort of thing. But you know, it's not. There's so much out right now, which is so gritty and dark, and you know, even new. It's all about like, oh my god, everything's going to happen and the world's going to explode. And, you know, you have 13 episodes of that. And this is just like, all right, guys, for some reason, we're all acting like we're in medieval England, but we're on a spaceship. Whatever. Just go with the flow. It is what it is. Just have fun with it. And it is. It's just, it's, it's a great episode. Yeah, it is a great episode. But the whole show, it's just so much fun. This is fun Trek. You know, you've got the other ones for the darker. You've got them for the modern. This is classic Trek brought into the, into the modern world. And Anson Mount is fantastic as Pike. He is such oh, a Black great Bolt. captain. Yep. He, I, I was like, it's okay, guys. He got blown. You know, what happened to him in Multiverse happened to him in Multiverse, but it's fine. He's doing just fine. He's in this and he's having a great time. And um, yeah, no, high recommend. If you, especially if you're a Trek fan that hasn't been on board with New Trek, this is it for you. And I've been trying to tell Toby to watch an episode with me and he refuses to, but I will I will get him to eventually because I know he'll enjoy it because this is I, everything you've been asking. He will. For. I'm sure he will. I hate making you choose but because I haven't seen. What's a yeah. better Star Trek show, this or the Orville? Ooh. Well, this is a better Star Trek show because it's technically a Star Trek show. You know. Also... Also, the the Orville is kind of terrible this season. I'm loving um, it. I haven't started it. I haven't started the new season yet. Ooh, I am loving okay. the season. I'm like one of five I'm glad, people. I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not not enjoying it. But also, part of it might be that I'm enjoying Strange New Worlds mm. so much. Um, <clears throat> which the Orville scratched that itch, mm. right? The Orville was a show that scratched that itch of classic Trek adventures. And uh, this show is doing it, but is actually Trek and actually built into the Trek universe that that I know the most, which is the OG, the original series. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so there is stuff in this uh, that is like you can enjoy this if you don't have knowledge of the original and series. But there's stuff in this that is I, I don't. that is so deep in me. Like, for instance, the finale of uh, season one, and I don't think this gives anything away to say is really just a different version of an episode from the original series. And the way that it handles that is so interesting and so um, 
fascinating to me. Uh, by the way, if you don't know uh, Ian Whittington, who's on, who's on Sif Pop uh, often, uh, I've been on doing a stint on his podcast, The Captain's Pod, uh, and we've been going over every episode of Strange New Worlds. So we do a, an after episode um, review of each episode. And it's been so fun because these characters are so fun mm-hmm. to hang out with. Um, it's it's so interesting to see what they're doing with the time right before Kirk. And the, the interesting thing is, uh, the way Ian explains it to me, is that this is the actual pilot of the original Star Trek, right? So the original Star Trek with Shatner and mm-hmm. Nimoy, actually the, the original pilot had a captain called Captain Pike, not Captain Kirk. And that one was kind of discarded, and then they went with the the cast that you mm-hmm. know. So this is, as Ian explains it, the longest pilot to ordering a, a series in the history of television. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the, the pilot to this show was done in the 60s. It was worth it. Uh, it was worth it, because this is going <laughs> to hold up so much better than the original series. <laughs> yeah, no, of course it doesn't hold. I mean, you know, it's... However long ago, yeah. now, sixty years yeah. ago now. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I'm loving. I'm loving the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm loving the way they interact together. I'm loving the the little quirks um, that each of them have. And Anson Mount is incredible. He's just he's an incredible uh, leader. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying it uh, very very much. So I I recommend mm-hmm. uh, for it's that. Worth Paramount uh, Plus, uh, people. It is worth the Paramount Plus fee. Listen, if if Paramount Plus wasn't already worth it just for every episode of the challenge, uh, you now have uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, in addition to that. Uh, so there you go. So Bruce uh, Green, uh, go in ahead. the Star Trek movie, you know, the one with uh, Chris mm. Pine and them, Pike is actually in that movie. That He's a uh, Bruce Greenwood who... Uh, Correct. So, Correct. So I guess yeah. it, this is saying that Pike was the captain before Kirk... That's always okay, correct. Hasn't that always been the even that's, in the movies? That yeah, that's canon. The, yeah, yeah. That, well, yeah, yeah. I'm just wanting clarification because, yeah. like, I was never yes. really an OG Star Trek. I was always a next gen guy. That's where all my mm-hmm. fandom yeah. led. So, okay, it's good to know. Yeah, it yeah. also feels yeah. well, very go. like next gen. Like it feels like a lot of the storylines feel like it's been, you know, taken from those episodes. Yeah, the way that the next generation is able to be goofy or fun or have like these one-off, you know, uh, episodes that are, you know, completely off the rails or whatever, like you can sense in, in Strange New Worlds, they can they can do that kind of stuff. And they kind of did even a couple times in the first season. Mm-hmm. So um, there is an episode that is basically a remake of Aliens uh, in the first it's season. It's so of good though. World, so. It's oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's my least favorite, but we can talk okay. about that later. It's also uh, one that, that's I, I kind do. of a Freaky Friday remake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm I mean, watch it, it. It, broad broadly, but the the Aliens is direct. Yeah. Like you know. It is, it is very, very direct. So, all right, there you go. There's our buried treasure. Uh, Strange New Worlds is on Paramount+. Plus. Westworld is on HBO and HBO Max. And uh, it's been so long I've forgotten what Andrew's... The Boys. Uh, boys. ...treasure was. The boys, the boys is available. Amazon Prime. Uh, on Amazon Prime. So, there you go. Well, we did it, guys. We managed to do a Woo! podcast. And with everything I've gone through this yes. morning that the listener doesn't know yeah. about, uh, that is a Fun behind-the-scenes uh, stuff happened. We usually joke about uh, celebrating, but I am celebrating hardcore <laughs> yeah. uh, this morning that we actually got this done. 
Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and Thanks, video Phil. show. <laughs> and thank you to Alice for coming by again. Thank you. Thank we love you, you Alice. Ooh, so happy to I be don't back. have the sound effects ready. Uh, there we go. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Woo! thank you. Thank you very much. I expect that every single Anything, time. Uh, Anything that you would like to uh, to promote? I actually have something to promote. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so obviously, yes, I'm a writer on sifpop.com as well. And my most recent one is the Obi-Wan uh, review. Um, and I have one about to come out as well for the movie The Princess. It's a, I didn't realize how angry I was at the movie till I was writing it. So it's a corker <laughs> of a review if you want to read it. Nice. But uh, the thing I want to promote, so um, at my work, for those of you who don't know, I work in video production uh, in Melbourne and there's a producer at my work and we get on so well and we're constantly talking about all movies all the time and people finally were like, why don't you just do a podcast or something? Oh my gosh. And so we were like, fine. And we did the or something <laughs> and we made our own YouTube channel called uh, clean slate um, you can find yeah clean slate or clean slate reviews on Instagram and we have yeah basically just been doing videos um, we've got I think four or five up at the moment so we do reviews nice. our most recent one is of Doctor Strange um, we also do debates so we debated what was the best uh, decade of cinema he argued for the 70s I argued for the 2010s um, and then we did a we do theories we do as well retro Perspectives, and then our video that's actually going to come out tomorrow and will already be out for those of uh, those listening when the podcast goes out on their players um, is going to be a top 10 fantasy films of all time. So it's a lot of fun. We're really enjoying it. We are, you know, figuring out all the kinks of filming, that sort of thing. But as two film professionals we and two massive movie fans, it's been so much fun to do. So, yeah, find it on Clean Slate um, on YouTube. Obviously, just I would Google or oh, YouTube, you know, Clean Slate and then like Doctor Strange or Paddington. It'll be faster to find it. Or on Instagram, you can find us at Clean Slate Reviews. And yeah, that, that's that's the new thing. Nice. With me. <laughs> Subscribe. Uh, Clean Slate. Woo. Uh, clean slate, clean slate reviews. Sub on YouTube. Uh, find that wherever you like. Uh, and thank you for supporting Sip Pop, uh, Sip Pop members. We appreciate you. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes at certain levels, uh, as well as some other fun perks you can check out there. Patreon.com/slash Sip Pop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts. Uh, or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than pulling off a polyamorous relationship with your weapons. Uh, we will be back next week with more fun stuff. Um, I haven't decided officially what we will be talking about mm. next week, but uh, we'll see Bye. you then.